thanks for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our time of worship. We've been looking forward to this moment all week long. I have a really encouraging word for you today, so I hope that you'll grab something to write with and take some notes. Now, I know you're probably feeling the same thing that we are. You know, we're all sad that we can't meet in person, but there are some things we can do today that we couldn't do if we were in person, like comment and give a thumbs up and a heart and engage. So there's ways that you can engage throughout the whole service, and I want to ask you to do that. Uh, I'm actually wondering when we get back onto campus, if the new, new amen's not going to be, you know, a thumbs up and people are going to be sitting in the pew and doing that. So why don't you just practice that right now and kind of give us a thumbs up and let us know, hey, we're, we're here, we're online, we're watching and listening. And I also want to give you um, just an just a update on some of the things that's going around, uh, that's going on at Kingwood. You know, crisis reminds us how important relationships really are. I want you to ask yourself a question uh, this morning. When people go and attend your funeral, what do you think they're going to talk about? They're not going to talk about your accomplishments. They're not going to talk about how much money you made. What they're going to talk about is the relationship that you had with them. And so it just tells us in a time like this how important relationships really are. That's why at Kingwood Church we say life is better together. Now, we really want to connect with you and to help you connect. And there's a very simple step that you can do to help us connect with you and help you connect with others. If you'll just join our Facebook community group, it's called Kingwood Community. If you'll just find that on, on your Facebook page and join it, that will put you in touch with a whole new stream of information uh, so that we can help you find a life group, connect, take next steps. So we want to encourage you to do that today. And also I want to talk to you just for a minute about what's been going on around Kingwood Church in the last few weeks. Our teams and groups have been mobilized to uh, reach out and care for the people that are part of Kingwood. If you haven't been contacted yet, let us know. We, we are doing our very best to contact everyone connected to Kingwood Church. Also, I want to tell you a quick story that happened just this week. Uh, there was a, a lady in our community whose husband had been deported, and uh, she, it really left her in a, in a bad place. And so our Hispanic ministry gathered together, rallied around her, raised some money, gave it to her, and then also gave her a, a whole, we'll show you the picture, a whole table full of supplies just to be a blessing to her. So if you love the Hispanic group at Kingwood Church, would you give them a big heart right now and let them know how much they mean to all of us? Our church wouldn't be what it is without uh, Pastor Manuel and Doris and all the leaders and people in that ministry. So let them know today that you love them. And then this last Tuesday night, many of you were on with us. We started a new outreach called Crisis Conversations. Now, it's very important that we forward this conversation. We're going to be on again this Tuesday night. We're going to be talking about fear and depression and anxiety. And let me tell you why that's important. Since the coronavirus has started... Um, the national crisis hotlines have seen an 891% increase. Uh, and, and finally, I'm beginning to hear a conversation. I got an article today about the, the coming mental health crisis. And so we just want to have a conversation about it. Our conversation last week, we had two professional counselors on. We're going to have a professional guest every week who's going to be able to address topics related to mental health, emotional health, relational health, family life. We talked about family and marriage this past week. We had 1,400 shares, or I'm sorry, 1,400 views. Now, here's what I want you to do. That's a lot, 
But in my mind, it's not nearly enough because there is a coming crisis in mental health and all the signs are starting to explode. From, from February to the middle of March, uh, we saw a 34% increase in prescription medication related to anxiety and depression. And that, that was at the front end of this. That was, you know, six weeks ago. So I know that that's continued to increase. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Everybody that's part of Kingwood Church, go find our crisis conversation from last week and share it. And then invite somebody to join us this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. It's one of the ways that we as a church can touch and help our community in such a critical time. Now this morning, I just want to continue the series that we started last week. But I want you to ask yourself, um, take your mind back to elementary school. You know, when you were in, uh, you had field day. One of my favorite days, I didn't love math. You know, I didn't love history. Um, I liked lunch, recess, <laughs> and field days. You know, if that was you... Uh, man, give me a thumbs up and let me know that's, that's your favorite part of school. But in field day, we had these you know, crazy events like potato sack race and who could run from one point to another with a full glass of water without spilling, spilling the most things. And most of those um, exercises had one thing in common. They tried to impose a limitation on you and then get you to do what you normally did. And boy, doesn't that describe where we are now? We're supposed to be carrying on with normal life, but with these imposed limitations, this emotional, stressful, relational pressure, economic pressure, um, shelter at home, society's kind of frozen. Man, man a lot of people um, are feeling a lot of different things right now, and you, you may identify with that this morning, uh, but that's how we're supposed to operate now. So we started this series called Living with limitations. And I was thinking this week about um, the different people in the Bible who had to deal with their own limitations. Abraham was too old to have kids. That was his limitation. Moses had a speech problem. Ruth was an illegal immigrant. Esther was an orphan. Daniel's faith was outlawed. Timothy was too young. Joseph, we talked about last week, was a slave and a prisoner. You might be surprised to know that even Jesus had limitations. Jesus was limited by his own obedience to his father's will, and therefore he died on a cross. But way before that, Jesus encountered other limitations. One was at the very beginning of his ministry when he fasted for 40 days. And what I want to do this morning is just talk to you for a few minutes about what can we learn from Jesus' limitations that he faced that would encourage us and help us to get through the limitations that we're facing this morning. So um, I know that this is a little bit hard to identify with right now. Jesus was fasting. How many of you know uh, most of us are not fasting? How many of you are snacking a little bit too much? You know, when you, I don't know about you, but when you're sheltered at home, man, the hardest thing to not do is not to snack and eat. So it's hard to identify with that, but it really doesn't matter the limitations that Jesus had. What matters is how he responded to them, no matter what they are. And that's what we're going to talk about. So Matthew chapter 4, I just want to look there and um, read, the, read part of the story. We're going to be looking at several scriptures this morning. So if you have a Bible or something to write with, just keep that in front of you. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 and 2 says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. 
by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. You know something that I've noticed in my Christian life is Satan doesn't play fair. He's not going to attack you when you're strong. He's not going to attack you the way you expect. He's going to always wait till you're weak and vulnerable and then kick you while you're down. Man, if that's true, what do you think he's doing right now? He is attacking and, and, and uh, um, trying to bring harm against people in this time of pressure and stress and anxiety and fear. Some of the limitations that we're facing right now is, uh, how about this one, personal space. How many of you have noticed a difference? Maybe you've lost some personal space because you're home with your family all the time or, or whatever. We, we are facing limitations. Uh, some have faced job losses. I know some people in our church have lost their job. Displacement, struggling health, an unknown future. Uh, many of you are doing jobs that you really don't know how to do. You weren't trained to do them. You never knew you would do them. But here you are today in the middle of, of, uh, of this time doing things that you really don't know how to do. There's a lot of pressure with that. We've, we've lost uh, access to some amount of health care. And look, however you say it, we've basically had a fundamental loss of control. And that's the limit that we're, we're dealing with most. Now, I, I remember a few years ago, I took some dads and we had a father-son rafting trip. And we'd been out in the sun and the water swimming and rafting all day. And uh, we showered up after a long day outside and went to eat dinner that night. And it took a little while for the meal to arrive. And as you looked around the table, you could just see the discouragement setting in. People kind of got glassy-eyed and started to stare at the table. The conversation, you know, went to the point that no one was talking. Some of the guys laid their head down. I think one guy even went to sleep. Uh, and, and you know what? I, a couple of them were even hangry. You know, if you've ever, if you've ever been hangry. And uh, you could see the effect that just hunger was having on the group. And then the food came, you know, it was like a party. People were eating, you know, it was like a, like a commercial. Everybody's having fun and enjoying themselves because the energy came back. Well, that vulnerable point of hunger was right where Jesus was uh, when the enemy attacked him. And, and some of you today are at a vulnerable point. And I just want to um, equip you in the next few minutes on how you might handle these limitations so that, so that the enemy doesn't take advantage of the limitations you have. Matthew 4, 3 and 4 says this, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what can we learn today about dealing with limitations from Jesus' life? Number one, we have unlimited spiritual resources. So what Jesus said, when the enemy said, hey, you're hungry, do something about it, you're out of food, Jesus basically said, I've got food that you don't know anything about. I've, I've got, I don't live just by bread. In other words, he affirmed the fact that we do need food to live physically. But what he said is there's another part of me that you don't know anything about. It's the spiritual part of me, and my father has given me unlimited food. So I want you to know this morning, God's Word is an unlimited resource to you and I in this time. It will never run out. The, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, thank God, there's no limit on those things. You're not going to get peace from God and then all of a sudden God's going to run out. There's no, there's no limit. We, we happen to be fortunate enough to live in a part of the world where we're surrounded by tens of thousands of Christians. 
We have Christian community around us if we'll reach out and grab it. We're not going to run out of these things. We're not going to run out of the presence of God. You can pray. You're not going to um, ever go to pray and then find out, oh, God's booked already today. I can't get an appointment with him. Uh, it's not like COVID-19 where we run out of tests or test sites or run out of oxygen tanks or whatever. You have spiritual resources that you're never going to run out of. And so that's one of the things we can learn from, from this story uh, of Jesus' encounter. Look at verse 5 and 7 now. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Now, basically what uh, Satan was saying to Jesus is, hey, look, if you're God... Just call the angels to come get you. Now, if I'm honest, part of me says, wouldn't that have been fun? Wouldn't that have been fun to watch the clouds open and like thousands of angels come screaming down from the sky and swoop in and rescue Jesus at the last minute? Man, that would have been, that would have been awesome to watch. But it would have been a violation of, of Jesus' relationship with his father. Look at verse 7 and how he responded. Jesus answered, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So what can we learn here? Number two, we can trust God's timing. We can trust God's timing. See, uh, what Jesus was saying, what Satan was saying is, Jesus, don't you want the whole world to know who you are? Doesn't God really want the whole world to know who you are? And Jesus' answer to that was, Yes, but not yet. And I trust the Father's time. So later on, Jesus said, if I am lifted up, then all men will be drawn to me. And the day was coming when Jesus would be revealed to the whole world, and he was, and he did draw the whole world to himself, and he's still doing that. I know some of you today may be frustrated because you're waiting, and you're wondering, why hasn't God answered yet? Why? Maybe you're waiting on a relationship to work out, or you're waiting on a job, or you're waiting on circumstances. You're waiting to see what happens in COVID-19. Can I just speak a word of encouragement to you today and remind you from Jesus' own life? You can trust God's timing. <laughs> I know to me, oftentimes it feels like he's too late. He doesn't come in the time that I think he should come. But as I look back, I see his time is always perfect. And it always will be. Now verse 8 says, again, here comes the third temptation. The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. So what did, what did Satan, what was he really after the whole time? It wasn't about the spectacular. It wasn't about the miracles. It wasn't about turning stones to bread. For Satan, he wanted one thing and he always wants one thing. He wants control. Now look at Jesus' answer. Jesus said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Satan was saying to Jesus, Forget this prayer and fasting and waiting and depending on God to show up and who knows when he's going to show up. I want you to become the most powerful person on the earth and rule it all. What he's basically saying is, I want to give you total control. Now here's the third thing we can learn from Jesus' temptation. Freedom and peace are better than control. Let me tell you what I found in my life and I found in ministry and being a pastor for a while. We often confuse control for freedom and peace. We think the more control we have, 
the more freedom and peace we're going to experience. So if I get that dream job, if I have my dream house, if I become successful, if I make my first million dollars, in other words, if I have the ability to do what I want to do when I want to do it, then I'll have freedom and peace. But let me ask you a serious question. Sheltered in your home, hunkered down, maybe you're even alone today. Before all of this happened, was it really that good? Did you really have freedom and peace before? Or was it just an illusion? Now that we've lost control, now that the ground beneath us is shaking, now that we see we don't have as much control as we thought anyway, do you, did you really have peace and did you really have freedom? When's the last time you surrendered a new part of your life to God? When's the last time you felt the Holy Spirit move around inside your heart and say, I want you to give this area to me because you haven't surrendered it fully yet? Man, that's a hard question for us to all answer, but it's a good question because it really gets to the bottom of, are we really experiencing freedom and peace at the highest level? See, if Jesus would have made the deal... Jesus would have lived in bondage. He would have lived in bondage to his new God, who would have been Satan. He would have lived in bondage, and he would have traded the freedom and peace that he had. Worshiping God is the only way you and I are ever going to know true freedom and peace, which is the reason that God requires it. Because he says, come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, the Father says, and I will give you freedom and peace. There's one other point I want to highlight in this story that we oftentimes forget. We see the three temptations. But there's another thing we can learn from dealing with Jesus' limitations that I think is absolutely the best part. Here it is, number four. God is close even when it doesn't feel like it. Do you know what happened right before Jesus was tempted? Before he was hungry and hangry and you know, went through all that pain? His baptism. And if you back up to Matthew chapter 3, you can see in verse 16 and 17 what happened. And I want to read these beautiful verses so that you can hear the love relationship the Father had with the Son. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So what did the Father say to Jesus? Before the limitation came, before the hunger came, before the pain came, what did he say? He said, I'm putting my spirit on you. My presence is with you. You are my son. I love you. And I'm pleased with you. All right, now, freeze that just for a moment. And now let's go to the end of the three temptations. And what happened immediately after the fast? Verse 11 of chapter 4. Then the devil left him, left Jesus, and angels came and attended him. Now this word attended in the Greek generally means um, supplied food. So here's what I want you to see, okay? This is beautiful. Before Jesus was going to be tempted and tested 
and face these limitations, the father overwhelmed him with affirmation, the presence of God and love. And the minute the temptation ended, the Bible says that the father sent angels to feed him. So what are, we, what are we learning here? What we're learning is, is that the Father is with you even when it doesn't feel like it. I don't think that uh, Jesus, I don't think that God left Jesus. I think what happened when he bookended that experience with such affirmation and provision and power and love, I think what the Father was saying is, I'm not going to leave you just because you're hurting. You're going to hurt and you're not even going to feel that I'm close. But I want to tell you you're my son. I'm pleased with you. I put my spirit on you. I bless you. My presence is with you. And when this is over, I'm going to feed you and I'm going to restore you and I'm going to lift you up. I think what he was saying is not I'm with you before and after. I think what he was saying is I'm with you through the whole thing. And that's what God wants you to know today. Can I tell you one of the things I've learned is the greatest doubt that you're going to face in your faith has to do with your relationship with God. When you hurt, when you suffer, when you're afraid... When you're lonely, you're going to start to ask questions at some point like, God, where are you? Why haven't you done anything? Why can't I see you working in my life? Jesus in his own humanity must have felt that in the desert. But God bookended him with such affirmation and power and love. Again, I tell you, God wants to do the same thing with you today. When my youngest son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at 5, my father-in-law gave me some incredible advice. He said, don't ever allow this sickness and your son's healing to come between you and God. In other words, don't let it be you and the sickness and then God over here. Let it be you and God and then the sickness over here. And that advice was so powerful for me because I didn't allow my relationship with God to depend on whether or not my son was healed or I got the answer that I wanted. And that has helped me so much because that was 13 years ago and my son still has type 1 diabetes. But that freed me to know that I didn't have to make my relationship with God to depend on a specific outcome or answer. It actually depended on Jesus' death and resurrection. And therefore it was safe. And I just want you to know something today. God loves you. And don't allow this crisis to get between you and him. Don't allow whatever you're facing today, job loss, fear, anxiety, health, don't let it come between you and him because as we saw in Jesus' life, the Father's there. He's present. He's here today. Maybe today you feel separated from God. And maybe what's going on is, is bad. But here's what I want you to know. God is still good. And he's not angry at you. He's not mad at you. And he's opened a door for you to come and find him today. So before we leave this morning, what I'd like to do is I'd like to just pray. And if you would like today to know that you have, maybe you feel separated from God. Maybe you are separated from God. But you'd like to know that you have a relationship with him. Can I tell you, he's not mad at you and he, he, he welcomes you with open arms this morning. So let's take a moment and if that's you, first off if that's you, um, if you can just kind of give us a, you know, a little thumbs up and say, hey, that's me. I want to pray today and I want to know when this is over, when this service is over today, that I have a real relationship with Jesus I can depend on. I want to pray with you. And would you just close your eyes where you are? Lord, today we invite you into our heart this morning.
We ask you to forgive us of our sins. God, I ask you to make me new today. Wash away all of the fear and the pain, the worry and the sin, and wash away the things that have happened to me. Lord, I want a new start today, and I want a new relationship with you. Help me today, Lord, to walk in that newness of life with you. In Jesus' name. Hey, can I just say to you, if you prayed that prayer, <laughs> congratulations. You just started a new relationship. Would you let us know that by just go over to the comment section and just put a thumbs up? And what's going to happen when you do that is our prayer team's going to move over and they're going to start praying specifically for you by name. We want to encourage you. We want to help you walk this new life out. And then maybe there are those of you today who are just struggling and you need to know that God is close. And you, you need to know that um, it's okay to wait on Him and you can trust Him. So I just want to have a word of prayer with all of the, all the believers today, the rest of us. And uh, let's just invite the presence of God into our life to, to uh, raise our faith level up so we know we can make this journey with Him. Lord, today I pray for those who are experiencing uh, crisis or frustration or fear. Or, or maybe even just feelings of distance from you. God, would you affirm today as you did with your son Jesus. And would you let your presence now fill the space where we're meeting you. Let your presence of peace and joy and calm and relationship fill every heart and every home. In Jesus' name. I'm so glad that you joined us today. And, in just a minute, our worship team is going to sing Spirit of the Living God. And I know that song is going to absolutely bless you. Before they come and sing that song, I want to give you an opportunity to give today. You can see on the screen, there's a number you can text. All our giving platforms are open. You can also give uh, by mailing in or dropping off at the office. We're open uh, uh, Tuesday through Thursday. You can drop, drop your give off. I want to say thank you for those of you who are giving. Those of you who have been giving, and it's a lot of you, you have sent a shockwave of encouragement through our church, and you are helping us stay on the front line. Every week, we are purchasing equipment and supplies to give away and things that we can do to stay on the front line, and you are absolutely on the front line with us. So thank you for giving today. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this has been an encouragement to you. If it has, share this service with someone that you know who needs it. And uh, as we go today, let's worship with the, with the worship team one more time. Spirit of the living God.